Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, the Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, the Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I'm here. I'm very, very excited to announce I'm here with Christine Shaw, who is the CEO of Investment News. So this is so exciting to have you here, and I know you have your own podcast. So to step aside from your own podcast and to join me on mine um, is great. Your podcast is called Her Success Matters. I get that right? You did, Robin. Yes. Thanks so I much. I, I am so excited to be here today. And I love the collaboration. First of all, thank you for inviting me. It is so amazing to find other strong women who are committed to the success of women, especially in the financial services industry. So thank you. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. So tell me a little about your journey because I mean, I was, I mean, I didn't have to read your bio to be impressed because I knew about you before reading your bio, but I'm like, she's CEO of Investment News. Like, that's amazing. And I know a little about your background, but I don't know that all the listeners do. But tell us a little bit how you got got to become the CEO, because um, I know you had your, your vision around it. Um, and then just any challenges to getting to that level as far as because you're a woman and, and anything along the path. Yeah, thank you for the question. So what probably a lot of listeners don't know, because mostly I'm interviewing other women to tell their story, is that I actually got married at 17 years old. So I did not have this wow. big ambition to say, I want to become the CEO. At the time, I was in high school. It was my senior year of high school. And I was really good at math and science classes. I was, you know, it was interesting because I was very quick and could study things really well, but I also got bored fast. So anyway, I ended up getting married and then I ended up getting a job in a software company and I was balancing being a mom, being a wife, working in that environment. And I just, figured out that I really had this passion to learn. And I loved being in a corporate environment. I shouldn't say it was a family owned software company, but it went on to do really well. And that's when really my career started. And then I landed in global media and spent 18 years prior to about 20 years prior to coming to investment news. But through that career, I have been able to travel the world. I have been able to work on mergers, acquisitions. I have been able to work in many industries doing what I love, which is connecting people and providing great quality content and growing my personal career along the way. So it was probably around when I was in my mid forties that my children were both successfully launched and in their own careers that I said, you know, I actually wanna become a CEO. And I put forth a path to create the, um, the opportunity to do that. And so here I am today. See, I love that you said, I put forth a path to create the opportunity to do that. Like so many people think things are happening to them and the opportunity is coming as they go, but you created it, you made it happen. And it ha like, had you not done that, had you not made that decision, had you not decided I'm going to make this happen, pretty much it wouldn't have happened. 
Amazing. You know, you're spot on a lot of times. So I did not, because I chose to get married at a very young age and because of my financial circumstances, I didn't have the opportunity to go to college in a traditional path. So I did accelerated courses at MIT and um, within the media industry as well. And what I realized is that because I didn't have the typical background that it was not going to be an easy path. I've always been goal-oriented. So what I started to do, probably in my 30s, I was fortunate enough to have a business coach or access to a business coach through my, through my work. And she taught me how to create what we call a circle of life. And the way she the way she put it is you really have to make sure that all areas of your life stay in balance because like a wheel you cannot propel forward motion and unless you're in balance and that was all about getting clear about what's important to you so what was important to me was financial independence being healthy being in charge of my own destiny and so every year I create my vision statement based on all of those. And every quarter, I have an appointment with myself to review my success and the KPIs that I set for myself. Um, so yeah, it was right around in my 40s. I'm like, okay, this is my next step and path. So these are the things that I need to be doing in order to, um, to get to that goal. Can you go into that more? Because that's awesome. And I love that. And I absolutely believe that you know we create our own success. And there's so much doesn't mean there aren't obstacles like, you know, both of us, you know, making it in a male dominant industry and we're helping women in the financial industry, obviously there are obstacles, but knowing what you want is usually hard for people, first of all, and they don't even, you know, spend a lot of time on it. And then knowing like even just these little, let's call them tricks or tools to, to be able to get there and that you're consistent with it and that you're doing it. And, and right now it sounds like you don't have a business coach and you're doing it anyway. Right, right. Every quarter and every year. So tell us a little bit about like, if you were to tell them, here's what I recommend, like, how do they get clear on what they want and how, what is it that they can do on a, on a quarterly and annual basis to get them there? Yeah, no, that's a great question because I will tell you, and as I did, I didn't set out knowing what I want. And sometimes it changes to be perfectly honest, right? That's the world we live in. It's constantly evolving, but it goes back to that the circle of life, the circle of life, because if you first get real with yourself about what matters, it's not driven about necessarily what you want, but it's the things that make you happy. So for example, I put huge value on family. I come from a large Italian family and the ability to have time with my family, to spend holidays, to vacation together, to have Sunday dinner, that's important to me and having a close relationship. So family first, always, that's how I was raised. And so I needed to ensure I could have that. Financial freedom. My mom um, went through a really rough divorce and it left her in a really tough financial position. And when I was a young girl, I had the task because I was the strongest personality, not surprising of my siblings. And so it was always like, I had to ask my dad for the child support check when he would come pick us up. And so that left a mark in me saying, I never want to ask a man for money and I will never depend on a man for money. So that set something within me that was just developed in my childhood years. And then, um, other things like health and fitness, well-being, friends is really important, certain hobbies like I'm an avid boater. I've been boating since I was a really young child. At 14, I could boat before I could drive a car. So having time to have that stuff. So it's about understanding the things that really make you happy and will make your life feel fulfilled. And 
for me, that's what developed some clarity on my career as I went along the way. And in fact, in my earlier years, it was about not becoming a CEO, but I wanted to earn enough to pay for my children's education and to help them and to provide them with things that were hard for me being um, a child of divorce, always worrying about that that check and where the money was going to come from. So I didn't want my children to have to do that. So I knew it was going to be dependent on me. So then along the way, you start to get clear um, and then you pivot because, you know, at that time, I also didn't think I would want to become a CEO because there's a lot of pressure <laughs> that comes with that. And if I had young children at home or things I needed to tend to, I wouldn't have had the time to devote to do this job while, while balancing all of that. Right. So then going back to the circle of life. So I, I know something similar and I don't know if this is exactly what you mean, but I know Tony Robbins talks about, you know, like you said, it becomes a wheel, right? So you have all these things around the circle and then those are the different values. And then do you on a quarterly basis, this is what you're talking about, like you're rating them or, cause that's what I did with Tony Robbins. It was like, oh, I'm a four when it comes to my spirituality or something like that. And you're like, I better work on that. Right. So then you, cause that's not an even wheel and that's a really rugged uh, type of road. <laughs> Yeah. So it seems it's, it's actually as simple as, you know, you can download them online, but drawing that circle out and yeah, you put in markings around the rankings and then that tells you where the wheels are out of balance. But then what I do is, so I write an actual vision, vision statement. It's called Christine Shaw vision statement. And I write it, it's updated. It's always like a one, two, three year outlook. And then within that, so I, divide it up into the sections that are in the wheel. And then I put very specific um, goals within each of those, very specific KPIs. And then I reflect back and go, okay, what did I accomplish? What do I need more work on? What do I need to tune in? And that tells you when you're getting off track and, and you can go back to that value to say, am I okay with this part being off track? Am I willing to sacrifice something else for it? And so it's a constant just you know, creating the time to review that with discipline. That is amazing. I love that. There's a reason people are successful. <laughs> so, so many people, who, you know, who I talk to and that I know that are super successful, they have some sort of routine like that. So whether it's, you know, writing down goals every day and looking at your goals or whether it's, um, you know, doing something physical with your body, you know, not, not that it's always daily, but there's some sort of rituals or some sort of routine that they're doing to keep their, their mind sharp, to keep their, their spirituality sharp, to keep their body sharp so that they can get what they want. And I think that's like, that's such a good example of what specifically, you know, the listeners can do. Cause I think everyone out there listening has a goal. Sometimes you don't know what you want, but like you said, I really like that, that you can start with, well, what's most important to you instead of just, I want to make more money or I want to make $10,000 a month or or $100,000 a month or whatever it is, which a lot of us are just randomly creating yeah. goals with no true intention behind it or knowing what it really means. But instead starting with the values and what that, what everything, like the meaningful parts of your life and then figuring out how to get there. And then you're like, oh, a CEO would fit well because that would actually solve all the problems. Like I'll make good money. I get to run a company. You know, I have time with my family. Well, I guess your family's, you know, the kids are older. So now you can, you can do it. That's cool. Um, what, what obstacles have you had? I mean, obviously there's probably many, but can you share a, a big vulnerability where I know you even felt like it's like something you, you typically would not want to share. Cause I love, I love capturing those things because I do really feel like when we share those things, even just you and I, like I, I feel closer to you as you're being vulnerable and especially the listeners be able to um, 
resonate with those things? Can you think of a time like that? Oh, many. So, you know, there are, there were lots of obstacles and I think that, uh, and I'll share a few, but that's the thing, Robin, is you have to also not just have the discipline of um, being able to go through these habits and goals, but the grit and perseverance to stay the course because you're going to get thrown off quite a lot. Um, in the earlier years, I would say, you know, it was judgment from other people and other women and other mothers because I, my career started to take off at a young age and people would say to me things like, oh, you're going to be on the road again. Even my ex-mother-in-law, whom I love dearly, but she would always have that commentary of, oh, you're traveling again. Oh, Billy's going to be home with the kids. You know, so it's one is having the inner confidence and not letting that become the narrative and having a good support system. Um, I was fortunate. My husband was an amazing support system and did great at helping with the children and taking care of them when I traveled for my job. But a lot of it was the judgment because, you know, you would hear all this stuff and you would stay the course, but you would question yourself, like as a human, as a mother, am I doing the right things? Um, and that's hard right now. I have the benefit of my children being grown and we're best friends and they're successful. So now I, I can say, yes, they're great. But when you're in those years, it's not easy. And then, you know, in the early days of media in particular, there were no women um, at the top and it was really hard. I will tell you, probably one of the most challenging moments was, um, I was just talking about this the other day, it was 9-11 and I was actually booked on American Flight 11. And I had to cancel that flight, thank goodness, because I had this issue going on within the team I manage. And it was this gentleman who just did not like the idea of this young woman coming in as the publisher. And he was doing everything in his power to try to get me fired. So we called this emergency meeting, which ended up canceling that flight. So in the end, it worked out. And he literally referred to me and my background in front of everyone that now reported to me as white trash. And I was like, <laughs> that was a moment where I was like, oh my God. And then, you know, the world around us is falling apart. It's 9-11. So there was one part of me that just wanted to like crawl up, run out of that room and, and just go away. And then I'm like, I'm not going to let someone like that win. And, you know, to, to the years later, he came and apologized to me and he said, you know, now that I've gotten to know you and how great you are. And he's like, I really owe you an apology. Um, and we are great friends now. And it's just yeah. really funny. So, but that's just one of many things. Like there's a lot of stories like that where you're the only woman or all the crude jokes and you're, you don't know what to do. Is it okay? Should you laugh along? Should you, you know, what do you do? Um, so there was a lot of those moments and it takes really a lot of confidence, perseverance. And sometimes you, you just have to, um, what's the word? Find a support system to help you get through those moments because those are difficult. And fortunately, with the evolution of social social media, good or bad, that behavior is becoming less tolerated. It still exists, but now people get called out for bad behavior, irresponsible behavior, such as that. So that's a that's a good thing, I think. Even the fact that, well, first of all, that's insane. I just have to comment on that. Like that's insane that you're supposed to be on that flight and all that oh. happened. 
which is just another testament. To, I mean, everything happens for a reason. Like we get mad. Oh man, I missed the flight. Oh, I had to do this. And like, oh, it's like, we can't see the whole picture. So that's amazing. But also I think um, just what's incredible about that is here's someone who's calling you white trash, which could be like, obviously a very hurtful thing, you know, uh, an embarrassing thing, humiliating thing that could have taken you aback and, you know, changed change the path because of what one person says, because this happens to us, right? We have these moments and someone says something and clearly he wasn't a bad guy. If you're friends now, clearly like the fact that you can even forgive him is really amazing. Like that you didn't hold, you know, hold, hold, uh, hold it against him for, for the rest of eternity. But I think there's so many times where we'll interpret something and maybe he did something and he didn't realize like how hurtful it would be. Obviously he did enough to apologize, but that we, especially as women, we can't forget it we take it in, we like, it starts bringing up all these other beliefs that we have about ourselves and why we're not good enough. Because one person said, boo, as I usually call it, say, boo, you're not good. Like yeah. there's, and actually I think, you know, as much as, like you said, social media has helped in a lot of ways. I think there's so much fear of judgment Here because is. we can, we have the opportunity now to put ourselves out there, but someone could say those negative things. You know, the more you put yourself out there, the more people can hide behind their computers. Now they can say whatever they want. Sometimes they, you know, all they are is some sort of, you know, handle. It doesn't, doesn't seem to have a face behind it, but it's like some sort of human there. So I think that's really um, a great lesson just for the listeners here is that like someone is going to say, especially like, I like to say, actually, I was talking to Letitia who works at Investment News, so obviously uh, you work with, um, and she was saying, and I know you mentioned this on one of your podcasts as well, but there was some, you know, negative um, tweeting going on about not having enough diversity or something like that. And I was talking to her about it and I was like, I was like, I think that's good. And I know that sounds really like a horrible thing to say, but I said, I think it's good that people are criticizing because I said, if you're not getting, getting criticized, you're not trying hard enough. And that's like hard for people to hear because we, especially as women, like we take it to heart because you guys are doing so much to help people. Of course, like you're, you're trying to include everyone. And but it's like people, some people want to criticize. And I actually think like, oh, I must be doing something right. I don't like it. I hate it. It makes me feel crappy. But I'm thinking, oh, I must be doing something right because there's going to be someone who's going to say boo. And if I'm not putting myself out there, if I'm not trying hard enough, then no one cares. So yeah, you know, it's interesting. Crazy, but. I just recently watched The Social Dilemma from Netflix, which shows the good and the bad of social media, right? But it is it does create a lot more accountability. And some people do use their platforms in a very negative or non-helpful way, but there's others that luckily, like in that, in that situation, I was able to make direct contact with the person, have a conversation. And actually, I think it's going to lead us to do some exciting um, work around more diversity and inclusion and how we can do a better job. So I think that as humans, we have to be intentional, but careful and thoughtful with our words and how we speak with people, because you're right. I mean, you don't, most human people I want to believe are good natured and don't intend to hurt somebody, but a term you may use may have unintentional consequences if you're not aware. And I think the big thing that this podcast series has taught me and um, listening to social media is becoming a better listener and also figuring out what adjustments um, you can make. But getting back to the point though, we're always going to have detractors. And so that's the thing is being able to separate the noise and knowing, okay, you're going to just have people who want to make negative comments, but you have to have the strength to figure out and strip away what is stuff that you should just ignore because 
it's not coming from a good place or it's just untrue and what is stuff that you should lean into and understand and make adjustments or improvements on. And that's not easy to do always, but yeah. My, my husband says to me, because apparently outwardly my clients would think I'm not that defensive, but apparently in my, at least my family life and in the real world, at least here at home, um, he says, Robin, just because it's not a compliment does not mean that it's criticism. And I'm like, I love that. But it feels like, you know, because like he'll say something and I'm like, I'm like, well, that's not, that's not true. I, I'm doing what I can. I'm trying, you know, like, let's just say, oh, you're working late tonight. You know, that's yeah. just an observation. I'm like, well, I, I was with the kids last night. I made dinner, you know, and I start to like defend, like it's, you know, like something he's saying. And he's like, it's not a criticism. It's just a comment. It's just an observation. And I'm like, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. That's me. So I think there's so much that we internally take on because, you know, we don't, we, uh, you know, we don't want to feel criticized or feel like we're doing something wrong, whether it's as a mom, as a business owner, as a coach, as a, an advisor, whatever it is. Um, but I think that's also the power that like we as humans are growing and continuing to grow to be able to take that to help others and to serve, you know, just like you said, you know, um, that you now had conversation with this woman and I probably was not ill-intended. It was just that that was, you know, her observation that felt like a criticism. And then now it's going to be better for the greater good, like to be the right person who can take on that as not criticism as something like, oh, how can I see this as feedback that I can even be better? I think that's a hard place that I'm not always good at, but I'm like trying to get better because I want to provide so much value to my clients. And I'm like, okay, please tell me how I can do this better because I truly want to serve so badly. So um, I think that's amazing. I think that says a lot about you and your company as well, just to be able to take that on and be like, okay, cool. Like, how can we improve? Oh, that's amazing. So um, getting back to, well, here, as far as advice, I would say that you might give some listeners, um, especially these are women, you know, in the financial insurance industry who really do want to succeed. They want to make a bigger impact. Um, that's always my driving force is to, you know, really help and serve um, anything you'd give them, because you have a lot of nuggets here, but anything else you'd, you'd kind of give to them as good advice or to-dos? Yeah. So I, one thing I do myself is I ensure I'm constantly upskilling. And I think that a lot of times, you know, I, I don't, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard things like, well, we didn't do things like that in my day, or that's all new, whatever. You have to absolutely continue to upskill yourself. So for example, if someone would have told me 15 years ago that you have to be completely tech savvy and be able to navigate all these different tech platforms and um, CRM systems and all that, I think that I would be like, oh no, of course not, right? So always understand uh, the skills that are relevant in the industry and make sure that you put time every year, invest time into growing your skill set learning new skills and staying relevant. I also think that becoming experts at using technology to create more human time. So people think of technology as replacing the human factor and it actually increases the human factor because when you can use technology like an effective CRM to get to know your clients and to be really specific about your clients and let the technology do all that hard work you would have had to manually do, that frees you up for more client calls and building that relationship, which allows you to actually get to know them better and create a better investment strategy for them. So I think it's particularly for financial advisors and for women is allow technology to become your friend and to help you run your business or your practice so that you can do better. That's such good advice. 
I'm excited about that because I think sometimes we're like, oh, that's not my thing. I'm not good at that. Well, it's like, you don't have a choice, even with with coronavirus and now everybody being forced to be on Zoom. And like, I oftentimes I'm telling them, you know, like you said, you have an O-ring light. I have an O-ring light, like get a light, get a, you know, get a camera, make sure you don't look like, sometimes I get on calls with my clients and like someone, you know, I'm on Zoom with a group and like someone's in the dark and I'm like, I would not want to work with, like, that's scary. <laughs> you know, it's like, let me take over your finances. Like, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I want to see your face. Like, and we don't have necessarily the luxuries we had before of being able to meet everybody face to face, but I think it's such an amazing opportunity because now we can actually have, like, I feel like I'm in the same room with you without yeah. having to take any risk. Mm -hmm. And so we have these opportunities and that means like learning technology. And you're talking about like real systems, like CRM systems, using calendars, all this stuff, but that is huge. Cause that's a time saver systems in general time saver, but being able to use technology, sometimes we just always want a human to do it. And sometimes you can just get like all these amazing systems and software to do the things for you. So um, that's great advice. It doesn't usually come up. So I love that. Awesome. Well, let's tell them where they can find you. Um, one is your podcast and then tell us the, the rest as well. Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn, Christine A. Shaw. You can find me at Twitter at Christine A. Shaw. You can find me at Investment News and cshaw at investmentnews.com. So is there anything you want them to do, anything they can do to support Investment News, to support your mission, to help you along the path? I know you don't need a lot of help. You're just a strong woman, but we all need help. So yeah, absolutely. I would love to connect with more amazing women in financial services. We are always looking for great speakers for our women advisor community. I would love more women to also subscribe to our newsletter because we give a lot of great advice out there. Um, and we're going to be launching some exciting training courses with Erin Botsford. We just, there's a lot of information out there for our female advisors that, that can be taken advantage of. And have their voice heard in the conversation because that's the most important thing we can do. That's great. And that's best to go to investmentnews.com for that? Yes. And there's, there's a women advisor um, section in the navigation and they will see that. Okay. Do not go anywhere else, ladies. Go do that right now. Definitely um, get in on that. That's amazing. And I've been at your events. I've spoken at your events. Like I know how high caliber it is and how much amazing, uh, like just such a good resource and such amazing information. So thank you so much for joining me. This has been incredible. And thank you for um, having me, Robin. yeah, my pleasure to have you and, and we'll definitely make sure everybody does that. Awesome. Yes. And let's help women make more money for themselves and their clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Christine. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.